Welcome to Through the Line with me, Andy Barjuri. One of the key challenges in marketing is engaging with agencies to help you solve your marketing challenges. Or for agencies, finding clients to help you run and grow your business. And the process of pitching for new work or finding new agencies is fraught with difficulties. I invited Dan Ince, who is an established and successful client-side marketer, now working in his own consultancy, to explore and unpack the whole process of how clients and agencies get together. I hope you enjoy the show. Dan, good morning. Welcome to the podcast. Morning, Andy. How are you doing? I'm really good. How are you today? I am feeling good. It's, it's a nice sunny day. I've been out for a cycle already. So yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. You are keen. I've done. I've been out on the dog walk this morning, and you're right. It's a beautiful day. Beautiful. So, a good day for a conversation. Sure. <laughs> um, so, Dan, we were having a chat about. I'm going to say about a month ago, perhaps a bit less, mm-hmm. about the whole process from for clients for finding and appointing agencies, and for agencies for finding and appointed and being appointed by agencies. And we had a very um, different take on that because I'm looking at it through a an agency set of eyes and you've got a kind of client side perspective on that whole process. Yeah. And I'd love to kind of dig a bit deeper on that process and how that works with you today. But before we get into the the meat of the conversation, why don't you tell our listeners a bit about who you are and how you've got to where you are today? Um, sure. Uh, so I'm Dan, Dan Inns. Um, I've spent probably what, 20 years um, in food marketing um head of marketing for various brands uh mr kipping cakes dorset cereals um ambrosia custard um oh, i love ambrosia custard oh yes a whole lot of family favorites as i like to call them and i spent as i say probably 20 years in in kind of relatively big fmcg manufacturing businesses doing a load of marketing for a load of different brands and and loving it and about what probably 3 years ago now I decided that I love the variety and I love fixing things and kind of fixing brands when there's problems. I don't really like the status quo. I like big issues. Yeah. And I uh, decided I'd set myself up with Brandworks, my own little business, where basically these days I help uh, small and medium-sized businesses fix issues when they've got them in marketing or, or brands, kind of basically using 20 years of experience in good ways and bad ways to kind of bring all that to bear on uh, on people's challenges and problems. So yeah, these days I'm in and out of Got you. different businesses. It's great fun. So you're a kind of marketing branding gun for hire. Yes, that gun for hire is probably a very, very good description. <laughs> so you go into a client and you work with them exclusively for a period of time, fix their issues, and then you bounce onto the next project. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what that means is I get great variety. I'm in in and out of a whole host of different places. And I can bring um, kind of insight to bear from one client to another, um, even though they might be in very different sectors, very different industries. Um, So it kind of keeps it fresh for me, um, brings a lot to those clients. But yeah, basically in, fix and out. Um, So a constant stream of kind of in and out of... uh, Different brands, different places, um, learning new stuff as I go, basically. Got you. Okay, good. And I guess we were talking about, you know, that kind of agency hiring process because I was introducing to you 
my agency squared program which is a community of agencies and i was talking mm. about how i've recently been helping some of our agencies to get opportunities to go and meet with client side marketeers on the back of the the conversation i had with a bunch of marketeers who were saying that they were fed up fed up with being pitched all the time by agencies because yeah. I, I asked this question to a group of marketeers i was uh, teaching you know how often do you do you get pitched by agencies and they were saying, on average, we get about 12 approaches every single week by an agency. And they were just becoming a bit blind to it. It's just all noise. And what it meant was that they weren't really able to identify who was the right agency. Why should they bother talking to them? And they were just kind of almost shutting them out entirely. And, and that kind of that's an interesting challenge for an agency because agencies have to be consistently looking for new business and prospecting, as it were. And yeah. that's you know that that's me that there obviously is an industry we're doing wrong in terms of we're approaching clients too much in the wrong ways and, and not generating enough value there. And then you introduced how you'd recently helped a couple of your clients to appoint agencies, and and that's kind of where I want to dig a little bit deeper because you had a very structured process around how you approach this issue yeah so let's, yeah. let's let's look at that for a bit yeah sure uh no i think that it, it is so true i mean you know i get less cold calls from agencies these days but i still get them but when i was client side sitting in you know head of mr kipling or somewhere like that you know not a day would go by without someone leaving a voicemail message trying to introduce their agency to me and the reason they'd leave a voicemail message is i deliberately never answered the phone to avoid all the calls. But you're absolutely right. It ends up just being noise. Um, so you tend to ignore it. So from a client-side perspective, and I obviously kind of bring this to bear now for, for the clients I'm working with, if we have a need to find a new agency, which often often will happen, the way we tend to approach it is, firstly, to be frank, if there's a someone we already know who fits the bill, great. Because to be honest, from client perspective, as well, I suspect, as from an agency perspective as well, pitching and pitching process takes a lot of energy and a lot of time. Oh, yeah. And only one is going to be successful. So first and foremost, tend to work on the principle of if we know someone who can do what we need them to do, tend to try and avoid pitching at all costs. That said, there are often situations where we need to bring a new agency into organisation and then we'll go about uh, setting up a pitch process. And, and probably the process I used recently at, um, at the Wine Society actually is probably quite a good example. There's an organisation who didn't have a design agency already. It had worked with various freelancers. They knew they needed to step up in terms of the kind of the quality level of design input because we knew we needed to go about um, a whole rebrand okay. exercise. So we knew we were going to need something different. Um, I came in to help the wine society find the right people um, and then manage that process. And and effectively, the way we did it is I knew a fair few design agencies in, in, in this example already. So I went and scouted around and talked to, I don't know, probably eight to ten different agencies. And then I kind of selected four who I thought, could be a good fit or were interesting for a whole host of different reasons. Well, um, what sort of factors all, were you looking for there, Dan, in terms of what made them a good fit for the wine society? Good fit for the wine society was 
A, you know, previous design um, credentials and credibility and, and making sure that I was really clear in my mind that creatively I thought any one of these four agencies could do this job. And actually getting that understanding of their creative expertise up front almost before we went into the pitch process was really mm. important. And I'll explain why okay. in a sec. So I'm looking for creativity. And I'm also, to be perfectly honest, people talk about chemistry and, you know, kind of fit um, of agency to client. And and that is probably the next most important thing. So I was looking for, in those early conversations, a sense of when I was talking to the agencies about the Wine Society, did I get a sense that they kind of got it and got the Wine Society and got a sense of the challenge? Um, would they be able to work with us? So how do you get that over a phone call, Dan? Because I think that most agency owners or biz dev people are pretty good at, you know, it, uh, representing themselves. That's what they do really well. That's their one of their main jobs. Yeah. So in a phone call, that's quite hard to really determine whether that person has a good fit over and above their acting or presentation skills. And then secondly, I yeah. guess... You know, when you're looking for chemistry in a in an agency client relationship, you need to meet more than just one person. It's the whole team that's going to service your account, right? So, again, you're I guess you're just scratching the surface on that initial conversation, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, those initial conversations, I had them face to face. So, firstly, I got a sense of kind of who these people were, um, their kind of setup. Admittedly, I was only meeting you know one or two people at the agency, but I was almost introducing the wine society to them getting a sense of their background and credentials and seeing whether I felt they could potentially be a good fit. And having got to that stage with kind of eight or so agencies, I then selected four that I felt were going to be a good fit um, for the Wine Society overall. And at that point, we kind of went into a pitch process proper. So we, what do we do? We shared all and every information we possibly could about the wine cider with each one of the agencies. So they were fully briefed up front. We made sure that when certain agencies asked for different bits of information, I took a judgment whether that was a competitive advantage for them or actually fair to share with everyone else, the other three. Um, so tried to ensure that the information sharing kind of flow almost from the wine society into the agencies was as fair and equitable as possible. And then we got to a point of saying, right, we want these agencies to come in, um, bring their team, present to our full wine society team, kind of very cross-functional. And at that point, we were really looking for their kind of capability, creativity and previous creds. What we deliberately didn't ask for was show us any creative solutions that you would come up to, uh, come up with rather for our brief. Got you. Okay, so all the creativity was just based on past work. Absolutely. And I think it's really important because, you know, in those in those first meetings, there's a lot of pressure, actually. You've got an entire client-side team sitting there saying, could these be the people for us? You've then got an agency team obviously doing their, their best job to pitch themselves as as the very the very best people and the right people. And actually, creative and initial creative ideas in that first meeting, in my experience, isn't useful and helpful for anyone. I agree. 
Yeah, and and you know, in the past, when I've hired agencies for my clients, so most recently we we had a a rebrand and a new website for a, for an architect's practice client of mine, and we I think we had about four or five agencies putting their proposal forward. Two of them put in initial mm. creative ideas for how they thought the website could look and feel. And we hadn't given them a creative brief yet. So all that that really did was put us off, really, because it made us think that they weren't really going to listen to what we wanted. They were going to try and put their own creative spin on uh, on our website or the client's website. And also, frankly, one of them, the creative was poor. So it it was so negative for them. And they probably spent a bit of time on it as well. Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, that's. Let's let's just look at the, the the point of should or shouldn't agencies share creative thought with clients in pitch meetings. My view from a client side is absolutely not, because they don't understand enough about my business and my challenge at that point. Um, so it's almost a little presumptuous um, to think that they can absolutely. come straight into creative. I, I want to know, you know, does this agency get what my challenge is? Do I get a sense that they're smart and sharp in terms of helping us think about our challenge and how we might address it? To be frank, ultimately, all the way down the process, that will lead into creative. But actually, trying to do some creative ideas up front is 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 presumptuous. It also, for me demonstrates that the agency is is focused on the execution rather than the thought behind it yes yeah absolutely and something as big and and meaty as a a rebrand of um an organization that's been going for 150 odd years you don't step into that lightly so to to their credit none of the four agencies attempted to share as any initial creative thought and creative ideas in this pitch process if they had, they would have immediately put themselves at a disadvantage. Because, of course, if they haven't spent much time in it, which they won't have done because it's a pitch process, the creative probably isn't going to be very good anyway. Absolutely. Conversely, if the creative is good, then as a client, you're forced into a, well, should we select agency A simply because we really like what they've done creatively? But you know full well if you select that agency, once you then get into the process and you try to modify what they're doing, they're going to come back to, well, you selected us because of the creative we showed you. So, you know, we've kind of done the job, but it's it, it's trying to do too much too soon. Yes, it, it won't be well enough considered, will it, to be to develop into a full um, delivery. So that, that's actually really yeah. interesting. And something you said there as well is they, that the um, the – the agency hasn't taken the time to really understand my business well enough. And at the moment I'm running a a bit of research with the marketing meetup and we're trying to explore the Mm. agency client relationship. And actually when this podcast goes out, it might, the results might be live, but one of the interesting things already I can see in there is, is clients quite often feel like agencies don't take the time to get to know their business and their business challenges enough. 
Um, and, and one or two cases, yeah. I'm wondering why the client is still actually appointed and working with the agency, because it's clear the agency has no idea what the client's up to. So that's quite interesting that, you know, if you, if you can see that from the beginning, the very early stages in the pitch process that your agency isn't taking the time to get to know your business, that probably isn't going to change as you go through working with that agency. No, it won't. And, and I think, you know, you're at, at the start of a relationship, which you know, obviously both agency and client have, have great hopes that the very best of work and, and, and relationship will come out of it. And and to be frank, if if you start off in a relationship and it feels a little, mm, then you know it's probably not going to get better. Interestingly, when we first got the agencies in, they, the four agencies came in and, and did that pitch process. I put together a bit of a, a kind of a criteria sheet almost for the wine society team to kind of think about and score against. And what's interesting out of what we've got in here, we've got uh, uh, eight questions out of eight questions on there. Five of them are all around. Do they understand our brief? Do they understand our brand? Have they got relevant experience? Fine. Have they demonstrated insight and thought into discussing and challenging our brief? You know, do they understand our members? Do they understand our segmentation? So heavily, heavily weighted to do we feel the agency get us? Yes. And then importantly, do we like them? Do we think we can get on with them? Which, you know, isn't designed to be a, oh, well, you know, do I, you know, do I think these are wonderful people who I'd like to necessarily go for a beer with? But it's actually, do I believe that the relationship between client and agency would be positive, productive, stretching, challenging, absolutely, would be challenge each other, but in a positive way. And I think for me, they're the fundamentals, you know, do they get us and what we're trying to do? Do, do we get a good sense of that? Do we, do we think they're smart and could work with us? And then the chemistry in terms of this relationship would last for some time. Do we believe these are the kind of guys yeah. we get us, or we could get on with them. Uh, is really, really critical, really critical. And I think as well that that kind of more scientific approach there, with your criteria that you're scoring against, you know, more easily enables you to contrast or compare agencies against each other. You know, after you've been through the pitch process, because I think when you've seen four agencies pitching, yeah. by the time you've seen the fourth, you can't really remember all that much detail about the first one that you've seen. So if you've got that criteria and you've marked it as you go along, that's really, really useful. But I wonder, did you share that criteria with the agencies before they pitched so they knew how they were going to be evaluated? Yes, we did. So much to my frustration, actually. So so one of the agencies in particular, we shared the criteria so they knew, knew exactly what we're looking for, knew exactly where we're coming from, shared our brief, knew all our challenges. And this was a rebrand exercise. So all of the agencies knew that the Wine Society was in a position of, we've done great stuff for the past 140 odd years, but now we know we need to make some changes as we look forward. And these are the reasons why. Shared all of that up front with them. Interestingly, three out of the four agencies came very much back on, our, on that brief and demonstrated that they had the capability to work with us on that. One of them almost overplayed the card of we're wine society members and we understand you and understand what the wine society is about. And actually that, that played against them because they ended up 
demonstrating the feeling we got from a wine society perspective was these aren't the right guys to help us move on because they were almost so positive of everything we'd done to date that we were getting yeah. a sense of actually would they challenge us and would they yeah. help move forwards or not. But no, absolutely, the, the criteria we're judging against, the brief, all the backup information, shared absolutely everything. So it, it And I think that's really vital because why go into a process from a client side perspective where you know you're looking for something in particular but you don't share what you're looking for with the agency up front. Because, of course, you know, one argument is, well, if you share them exactly what you're looking for, they're just going to come back and say, well, we can deliver all these things. <laughs> Absolutely. We're, we're all those things you've asked for now, hire us. <laughs> of course. It's like, here's the tick list. But, of course, the next natural question is, well, why? Give me examples. Where's your background? What experience have you got? So, actually... I can give a, an agency a wish list of what I'm looking for. And they can very easily say, yes, we can do all of those things. But it's when I then get to the next question, which is like, well, how? Where have you got the experience? How can you demonstrate that to me? At that point, they either can or they can't. But I've never really understood why people would deliberately, from a client perspective, kind of almost keep keep back some of what you're looking for j- just to see if that agency has that spark. Um, I always work on the basis of brutal honesty in terms of what we're looking for and then probe and test um, to make sure you're not just being given an answer that people think you want to hear, but there's some meat behind it. I think from from an agency point of view on that as well, if I know what the criteria is, I can evaluate my own, how I would score myself against that criteria and assess as to whether I really think I've got a good chance of winning this project. Because as you said a bit earlier on, the pitch process is... is, um, takes a while and is expensive so if what i'm looking for as an agency is not just opportunities to pitch but opportunities to to bow out politely where i think i've got a limited chance of winning or i haven't quite got the creds and i think it's you know it's useful from an yeah. agency point of view to look at it that way because otherwise if you're chasing every last dollar um you, you're definitely going to struggle because you'll invest in an awful an awful amount of time and resource into chasing prospects you haven't got a good chance of winning so knowing what that criteria is and having the ability to interrogate it with a prospective client, I think is really important, really useful as well, actually. I, I would agree. And I think on a, a another pitch process I ran for a, a, a different business over the last kind of 18 months, you know, we did have a situation there where we did, we did some first round pitches. And then before we got to the second round pitches, there were one, two agencies actually who came back to me in between kind of first round and second round and said, you know what, we're great at what we do, but we don't think we're exactly right and best fit for what you're looking for. And bowed out and bowed out gracefully. And that makes perfect sense. They weren't the right fit. And therefore, they probably wouldn't have have got to the end result. And equally, by bowing out gracefully, by being really clear about what they're great at what versus what we needed at that time, those agencies I still hold in high esteem. So I don't look at them and see them as ah, they failed in, in any way, shape or form. I know that they're really clear about what they're great at. And as and when I might be working with future clients who have a different need, they would be the types of agencies I would then come and call on. So Sometimes in the short term, as an agency, you could feel bowing out from a process that doesn't feel quite right. 
you're shooting yourself in the foot. But in the long run, in my experience, sticking to what you do and what you do best and where it's going to be a great fit is is the most sensible solution. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my first boss always used to say, stick to your knitting, you know, do what you do really well and, and focus on that. Yeah. And, and that's where you're going to find opportunity. And I think that's, I think that's exactly right. And I think it's right from an yeah. agency point of view for all the reasons you've just said there in that the next time you're looking for a creative agency that has those particular skills, you already have your shortlist because you know the guys that you've spoken to and it, it helps you uh, as a, I guess, as a gun for hire to bring clients and agencies together that are going to be the right fit. Yeah. It, it, uh, oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, the other reason I approach the pitches in a relatively scientific and almost non-creative way is by being often an outsider coming into the client side business and assisting them, I recognize that any agency we appoint is, hopefully, if we do our job well, is going to be working with that client far beyond the time that I might be working with them. So it's really important that from the client side, the client team, that they feel bought in, part of the process. It's their decision. It's not a case of a consultant has brought an agency who they've worked with previously into their business. So actually, by having a fairly scientific scoring criteria allowed me to have quite a wide team internally um, sitting okay. on the pitch. I think we had a team of about six or so um, across different departments. So they're looking for different things, whether it be, you know, kind of uh, print capability, digital capability, tone of voice, whatever it might be. So they're looking for very different things. But by having a fairly scientific scoring criteria allowed everyone to capture their thoughts. It allowed us to synthesize and put everyone's thoughts together. And actually what we found from that process is the selected agency, the agency we decided to go with out of the four, fairly obviously came to the top of the tree for most people against most criteria. But what it also then allowed me to do is where there were particular gaps, either with the agency and or particular gaps between what some people on the internal client team were looking for versus what they thought the agency could deliver. It allowed me to go back and prod and probe a little bit on those gaps with the agency so we could kind of almost build a bit more confidence there and fill those in. And equally with the internal team, you know, why did you feel that that particular agency lacked, I don't know, digital capability? What would that need to look like? How would we need to do it? And it allowed us to do a little bit more work so by the time the final selected agency actually came into the organization and started working with us, everyone was bought in and fully on board. They hadn't even started doing any creative, but everyone believed in the agency we'd selected, believed in the relationship and wanted to make that work. And I think that is really, really vital. That's really interesting as well, isn't it? From from an agency point of view, once you've won a piece of business, you know, you want to keep hold of that client for as long as you possibly can. So if you've got a very strong early engagement based on that kind of scientific engagement process, that's excellent, isn't it? That's really beneficial from, from an agency point of view as well. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think, you know, I'll be honest, we, we appointed an agency back in January. We've done a massive amount of work with them. And it's worked really well. The rebrand has gone incredibly well. But there have been bumps in the road as we've gone along. But almost because we started with a strong base relationship between the client team and the agency team, it means as and when we hit some hurdles and some obstacles, rather than 
ignoring them or trying to work around them or people not kind of not fronting them up. What we've done each time, both from the agency standpoint and from the client standpoint, is said, look, we think we've got a little bit of an issue here. Let's get in the room. Let's get on the phone. Let's let's discuss what we think the issue is, work it through and sort a solution. And we continue to do that. So we've now got um, a program of kind of rolling quarterly creative reviews. We did one just yesterday. And within that, you know, it's the classic, this is all the stuff that's going really well, that's absolutely fantastic, that we want to build upon. And here are some little niggles and challenges that we think we need to address. So how can we continually fine-tune this relationship? And that's that's a joint effort between the client and the agency. But the fact that everyone is up for it um, and is doing that and is in, uh, engaged in wanting to make the process work as best as they possibly can it avoids souring of relationship over time and the classic kind of client versus agency challenges that you so often have. And I, and I think once again, you know, that it, it comes down to people and relationship really. And that is uh, so very, very vitally important. Particularly in an environment where, you know, we're all marketeers, we're all communicators. So we, we all, all like to express our opinions and our thoughts and feelings very openly. Um, you, you need to have uh that strengthen that relationship because you know there will be challenges in any client agency relationship there will be times when the the agency doesn't quite get the brief or the client hasn't quite communicated the brief well enough or they don't understand quite the challenges yeah. the other person's up against or or you know a myriad a million and one of other things and i think having the what sounds like a very strong working relationship you've developed there with your agency at the wine society you know that's that's great from both perspectives yeah yeah, I, I think so. And I think, you know, it's the, it's the only way in my mind to really ensure that something kind of works and that actually people are not afraid to challenge on either side, but it's going to work for the long haul as well. Because, you know, I take a view when you're bringing an agency in, whether design or, or ad agency or whatever, you know, ideally you're not doing that for just one little project. You know, you are doing that as as an ongoing relationship that you're trying to build, because if you can find that and find the perfect partner that it works with really, really well, frustrating as that might be to all the other agencies who'd love to get a share of your business. Um, <laughs> you know, if you can find that perfect partner, then you just keep that relationship um, strong for as long as you possibly can. It, it, it works, uh, works for everyone, to be honest. So, so from a client perspective, mm-hmm. what are the common things that you see agencies doing well or doing poorly when it comes to approaching a pitch process? For me, the doing well is asking questions. So I've always taken the view that with with the agencies we're putting into a pitch process that, you know, we we I owe them as much support as I can possibly give them. So for me, we'll, we'll set up the pitch process, we'll share all the documents, you know, we'll do the initial briefing. And then I always say to, to every one of the agencies, I am here and, and the client team are here for you to contact before you get to the pitch um, and ask as many questions and more information as much as you possibly want. And once again, for me, it's interesting to see the agencies that do ask a lot more questions, really get under the skin of things. Um, because not only are they helping themselves get more information and better understanding, but ironically, by contacting me, 
and talking to me and the client team ahead of the pitch, they're already starting to build relationship. Yes. They demonstrate that they're genuinely interested. They want to know, they want to understand more, and they're building relationship. Interestingly, the agencies who tend not to seek more information probably fare less well within a pitch process because they have less detail, not because I've held anything back, but just because they haven't perhaps thought or then come back and wanted to probe. And equally, their relationship is coming from a little bit more of a standing start. Yes, it's a slightly colder relationship, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So I, so I think the more agencies you know, really try and get an understanding of the client, the better. I mean, of course, that can backfire. As a client, being peppered with not particularly useful questions. <laughs> or, so if or, I phone you every day for a month before the pitch, that's not going to help, is it? Not, not, not if the questions aren't good value. Um, <laughs> and, and or sometimes you'll get the agencies who will use the kind of offline contact um, as an opportunity to explain their process and why their process is great and why actually, regardless of what we think we need as a client, their process is the answer to everything. And they might be right, they might be wrong. But, you know, to be frank, as a client, you you want to feel that you're being listened to and challenged, yes, but that the agency kind of gets what your your challenge is about rather than saying, ah, I can just kind of pop you straight through my process. Oh, yes. I'll put you into my meat grinder and at the end will come some sausages that result that the result of your challenge or the answer to your challenge. Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing that 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 doesn't work, which we've already touched on, is the agency who feels that the way to wow is to put together some initial creative ideas. And it's it's just a hiding to nothing um, because you can end up so often as a client then judging an agency you know, subjectively on, on, cre- and on creative. And as we all know, it is subjective. And therefore, even as a client team, you can have some people really liking a bit of creative that's been put in front of them and other people really not. And for me at that stage, as I say, it's not about the creative, it's about the thinking, the thought process that will go behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I couldn't agree more with that. I think the whole idea of putting forward some initial creative is just such a bad idea. But it's so it's so tempting as a creative business to think, well, that's my creative will speak for itself. That's what will win me the business. But actually, conversely, it's the opposite. Well, I think so. And, and I don't know if you find this, but from a, uh, from an agency side, so often what can happen when you then get into a pitch process where people are trying to do creative is you then get into the challenge of, well, how much time and effort do the agency put into developing new creative? Therefore, do they want a pitch fee? And that just opens up a real hornet's nest. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, the whole idea of a pitch fee is really interesting. And, and I think that you know, if you wanted to judge people based on their creativity, then, then, then or oh, sorry, on their creative output rather than their past creative work, yeah. then I think... A pitch fee is something you really might want to consider because it gives them the opportunity to put some real uh, thought and rigor into that design because you're paying them to do it. Otherwise, yeah. for the agency, it's very much a a value decision. You know, is there what's the likelihood of me winning this business? Then, how much time am I going to actually invest in trying to wow them with my creative genius? Yeah. It, it, exactly. And and I'll be honest, you know, in, in my past career, 
I've, you know, I've run pitch processes where we have asked for creative and we have then been really clear and, and fair and upfront in terms of a pitch fee. Because I think if you're asking someone to genuinely go away and, and you know, actively do some work and do some new work, then actually, if they're going to put some creative in front of me, I'd rather put some time and effort into it and it be good than, you know, as you say, they've made the judgment of how much time and effort is it worth. Worth. Um, so therefore, if you're, if you're going after creative, I think a pitch fee is only fair. That said, of course, from a client perspective, you're going to end up paying whatever amount of kind of pitch fee across, you know, three, four different agencies who you've got in that pitch process. And in some respects, while it's fair to pay people for the work they've done, equally out of the four agencies, only one is ultimately going to be successful. So you're paying for some creative work that you're never going to use from the other three agencies. And actually, you shouldn't use it ethically, even if you like something. <laughs> yes. It, it, and you see this come up every now and again. You see an agency that didn't get appointed, but their creative ultimately goes forward. So a client has appointed an agency, but asked them to, to use you know, the, the kernel of someone else's creative idea, which I think is challenging. But I guess if from a client point of view, if, if I've paid for that pitch process, if I've paid for your creative, then I have the right to use that going forward. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I believe so. But I, I think it does just open up a whole host of issues because there's ethical issues in there um, of, you know, we really liked the creativity from agency C, but we're going to go with agency A. It then brings in a really interesting scenario where you're saying to successful agency A, yeah, we really like you, but we particularly like this creative idea from one of your competitors. <laughs> we really like you to pick it up and run with it. I mean, that's a great way to start a relationship. That's, that's uh, super um, awkward, isn't it, to the creative director of an agency to say, like, I really liked you, but actually your ideas weren't as good as them. But can you run with their ideas? That That's a real, that's a real uh, kick in the pants for a creative director, isn't it? It, it, it is so. So I must admit, for you know, probably five or so years now, every time I've run a pitch process, as much as quite often the clients I'm talking to will say, you know, and obviously we need to see creative and we need to see some of their creative ideas. I work very, very hard with the clients to explain why actually I don't believe that that is a good course of action, and explain to the agencies that it's very important that they recognise their creativity will be judged on past work. And I think, you know, I think that's fair. I mean, if an agency is worth its salt, they will have a good amount of previous creative work where they can share and show how they've solved other people's brand challenges. And yes, as a client, you then need to take a leap of, so how would they approach mine? So you don't know what the end creative solution is going to look like. But I think that is the easiest and simplest way of getting the right agency on board and starting to build that uh, build that relationship. I, I totally agree with you on that because then you're basing your decision on creative work that has been considered, thought through and delivered rather than initial yeah. conceptual ideas. So you've got a much greater understanding of that agency's creative capabilities, I suppose. So that makes real sense to me. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and it allows you to get into what was the other business's uh, brand's challenge? Um, how did you get to that creative? How did you, as the agency and the client team, work? Um, when did it go live? What was the performance? You know, actually, all of the answers you'd like to know and understand about how that agency works and therefore how they'd work with you, 
you can find and explore by looking at examples of work they've done with other people previously. How much how much comes down to the performance of the pitch, the delivery, the presentation, so we say on the on the day of the pitch? <sighs> it's a it's a difficult one, but probably quite a lot. I think although it's interesting, you know, just, just thinking about how you frame that, talking to the kind of the, the, the pitch or the performance. So I've seen agencies who will come in and do do a pitch process and it is very much a performance. And and you as the client, you can tell it's a performance and you can tell, you know, quite rightly, they've really thought about who they're going to field, what they want to say, how they're going to say it, how they're going to put stuff across and position it. But there is always a danger when it becomes too performance driven that it actually ironically becomes too too slick, too stage managed. Mm. Uh, and, and too much of the agency's view of what they think you want. So in this recent pitch process, we saw one agency who who had very much thought about how they wanted to approach things and, and their performance. And ironically, it was a good performance, but actually in terms of building that rapport and engagement with the client team, it just wasn't there. And they came across as arrogant, which wasn't a great place for them to 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 kind of start a relationship. Equally, I've had situations where you know agencies are so focused on telling you what they've done. We had one agency who was who was very focused on explaining all of the advertising they've done for other brands and and and, and businesses and organisations. Now, normally that would be absolutely fine apart from the fact that the Wine Society is a not-for-profit organisation that doesn't, hasn't historically advertised the brand and advertising um, and advertising channels were absolutely no part of the brief or the scope. <laughs> this is what I was just thinking. You, know, you haven't described a, a brief that's all about advertising here, so that's an interesting approach. <laughs> Not, not at all. I mean, uh, the Wine Society has 140,000 members and we are communicating with those members day in, day out. But that's what the brief was about. Yes. Um, so the, a lot probably a lot comes down to the meeting on the day and how people come across. But what's, what's interesting is from a client perspective, you know, you're looking for these people seem genuine. Do they seem authentic? Do you feel you can get on with them? Do they ask interesting questions? And and actually, sometimes showing a degree of well, honesty, humility, sometimes a lack of understanding, and therefore asking a question about a particular point, rather than coming in as all-knowing, Got you. Um, can make people seem far more human, genuine, real, honest. And, and interestingly, as I say, out of the four agencies we saw, two were quite performance-driven meetings, and two were far less formal. They still obviously thought about what they want to discuss, how they want to discuss things, but far more informal conversational meetings. Okay. And interestingly, it was the conversational meetings where we felt we got to know the agency better, and I think they of felt course. they got to know us better, and it ultimately 
of those agencies who are successful. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess in that more conversational environment, you're you're building on the relationship you've already established through the getting ready for the pitch process. If you're just going to stand up and deliver yeah. a very slick presentation, you might be on point in terms of your delivery. But again, you're missing an opportunity to to engage and build that initial working relationship with the client, aren't you? So that's interesting. Yeah, I think so. And, and actually, that that brings us neatly to <laughs> pitch teams. So I, I guess you'll have a view on this, but, you know, one of my bugbears is I don't want to see the agency's pitch team in the pitch. <laughs> well, this is the classic complaint from clients, isn't it? You know, I met the owner and the creative director during the pitch process, but then on the uh, managing my account and delivering was the an account exec who's fresh out of uni and I've never met before. You know, I would need to meet the people during that pitch process that are going to work on my account. So regardless yes. as to whether they're the best presenters in your agency, you know, are they working on my account? Yes or no? If the answer is no, they shouldn't be in the room. I, I agree. And actually, you know, one of our questions we have as we go through the pitch process is, is the team we're seeing in front of us here today are you the people who work on our account on a day-to-day basis? And as soon as someone opens their mouth from the agency team and says, uh, 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 <laughs> yes, from a client perspective, you're like, ah, so who would work on our business? Oh, well, we have a team. But, but you haven't got, what, enough confidence in your team that you brought them <laughs> here today? When, when you know our first question is, do we get on well with you and do we feel we can work with you? Do you know what? I'm just cringing right now at the thought of that prospect and, and the past experience of being in those initial chemistry meetings and you realise that from an agency point of view, you're just there to make up the numbers. Um, you're never going to work on that account, but you're there. And you just think, why, why am I here? And the client surely is going to see through this. And I can remember one meeting we were pitching for a chip manufacturer I think it was a chip manufacturer, or maybe it was a maybe it was a computer manufacturer, and they had a very heavy play on gaming. And the the biz dev director with the agency came around and said, "Right, who's got a games console?" I'm, well, "I've got a PlayStation." Great, you're in the pitch meeting, and that was the criteria for me being there was that I had a PlayStation. You know, I knew nothing about their business, yeah. but they needed bodies, they needed people to look like they were engaged. And and it was really yeah. awkward as we went around the meeting, around the table, as you do often at these meetings, to introduce yourself. And we all had to say who we were, what we did, which games console we had, and what our favorite game was. And it was it was really yeah. obvious that most people there, it just yeah. wasn't right. I, and it didn't surprise me that we didn't get beyond that chemistry meeting. No, and and, and as a client, you see straight through it. I mean, I was I was working with a a plant-based milk brand, and we went to see a big London ad agency as part of a pitch process. And um, and they deliberately, you know, wheeled in a 25-year-old woman from from somewhere within their team because of course she was a she was a vegan. <laughs> yes. And obviously we've got in-depth vegan understanding of the vegan market and the vegan community because because uh, Rachel here, you're a vegan, aren't you, Rachel? And there's a client <laughs> like yeah, we've got team too, but you know what? It's it's you know, that's that's not the answer, and people see straight through it. And and I think you know less less performance, less pretense, more authentic, more real people, real relationships, more wanting to understand what the challenge is and how we could work together. For for me, 
and the clients I work with is is ultimately what works, I think. I think that that, that sentiment there, that's the ideal place to end the show because whether you're a client side or an agency side marketeer, that is exactly what we're looking to see in an initial engagement and a relationship is that, I guess, that human interaction. Can we work together? And that's yeah. really what you've summed up very nicely there, Dan. So, I mean, I think that this whole process, the whole uh, model for appointing agencies is is, an, is interesting from both perspectives. It's also a massive mm-hmm. challenge. Certainly from an agency point of view, there is that constant need to uh, look at new business and, and a large part of what agencies do is actually spend a lot of time prospecting for and pitching for new business yes yeah and it's interesting when you look at it from a client's point of view it's actually what you're really looking for is relationships and the longer that relationship is the better really because then you haven't got to go through the expensive time consuming pitch process so actually pitching is quite negative for both sides of the uh, agency fence there i suppose isn't it but it is a kind of necessary evil in the business it, it it is although ironically the agency that we are now working with at the wine society performed incredibly well you know came flying through the pitch process we've got a great relationship with them interestingly enough the new business person at that agency was i'd never worked with them you know previously um and i and i had this new business person from this particular agency probably contacted me um, in various different businesses over a period of probably what about five years, and constantly kind of introducing herself and the agency, and, and, and could they be of any help? So the classic, yeah, searching for new business, and that was her job. And I was always very nice and very polite, but but fundamentally never interested. And you fast forward probably ten years from from that that five year of cold calling um, experience, and. I got to know the agency and the MD at the agency through a different route, through a personal route. And that's how that relationship started building. So you can do the cold calling, but ultimately I had no understanding of this particular agency or, or, or any relationship with them. And I was being cold called for probably five or so years. And it's just awkward for me and awkward for the cold caller. So I know they have to do their job, but actually all of that prospecting never led to any business for them and ironically actually probably a bad impression initially of this particular agency in my mind before I got to Mm. know them on a personal level it's a really difficult one because where do you start you've got to start somewhere in terms of building that relationship but we need to find a smarter way than cold calling I guess yeah absolutely I couldn't agree more and I think when you see agencies that have got really skilled and high quality biz dev people i think there's much less about cold calling and much more about identifying clients where you have the credentials the skills the ability at least in your mind to add value to that client's business and then finding an opportunity to start a conversation around how can you help them overcome a challenge they're currently faced with And, and that gives you a much easier intro rather than just phone bashing or smashing out lots of emails um which you know which unfortunately is prevalent. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Dan, where do you um, where do you go for ideas and inspiration? What, what sort of books do you read or podcasts do you listen to apart from this one, of course? Uh, where yeah. else do you look for ideas and inspiration that help you in in your marketing uh, career? Um, quite broad, really, I suppose. So I'm, I'm I'm now looking up at my bookshelf. So Seth Godin, yeah, obviously. Of course. Um, Loads of great thought, loads of great insight. 
Um, there, the uh, Byron Sharp um, books as well have been very useful yeah. and valuable in kind of understanding the scientific nature of, of how brands work. And then, I think beyond that, my my kind of interest is 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 quite broad in terms of entrepreneurship rather than just necessarily just marketing. So actually. Um, you know, Tim Ferriss is someone who I watch his podcast. I have his books. Um, Rob Moore is another one. He does a, a podcast called The Disruptive yeah. Entrepreneur. Um, and it's just very interesting to kind of see a someone who, you know, isn't necessarily a marketeer in the same way I am, but but has just got street smart view of what to do and how to do things. Um, very, very useful and practical. So yeah, it's it's kind of an eclectic, varied mix of bit of marketing, bit of entrepreneurship, in its uh, in its broadest sense. And uh, you know, LinkedIn. I, ironically, I, a lot of people are kind of a bit anti LinkedIn these days because it's become a little Facebooky. But actually, if you you sift past the kind of the dross, you know, there are some good features and articles on LinkedIn. Um, about various different topics. So once again, that's LinkedIn for me is a really interesting source of just just kind of keeping up to date with what's going on in the business world more widely. And the other key thing I do from a, a food marketing perspective is I I go to as many kind of um, food brand shows um, and trade shows as I possibly can because um, it's really interesting to see smaller up and coming brands what they're working on, what their thoughts are, what their ideas are and more established brands in terms of their challenges. So it's just about, you know, kind of looking out, keeping fresh and keeping up to speed with lots of different ideas and tools and techniques. Nothing ever stays the same. You know, the the strategic principles, I guess, do. But in terms of consumers and trends and brands and, you know, how things are developing and evolving, that market is is, Mm. is constantly moving. Uh, yeah keep, keeping your eyes wide open is uh is i forget key. who said but the one the, the one constant is change i forget who that yes. is but it's true and uh, particularly in you know the fast-moving world of uh, food brands for you i guess that's uh that that's a market that's ever evolving isn't it so yeah good to keep your yeah. your, your eyes yeah. open your ears to the ground exactly that yeah exactly that <laughs> Dan, thanks. Uh, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been really interesting. What I'm going to do, because we run a training course for agencies on how to approach pitches, is I'm going to make this podcast mandatory for them to listen to before they come on our training course, because I think there is so much in there that, you know, might normally be labeled as best practice, but it's just it's just really down to earth, smart thinking, isn't it, around how to uh, tackle this process. And, and I think, you know, if agencies can get better at pitching and clients too can get better at the process of how they evaluate pitches yeah. using a kind of criteria and more of a scientific method, then that's that's only a good thing for for both clients and agencies. So, yeah. so thanks thanks for that insight. Really appreciate that, and um, I would look forward to catching up with you again very soon, Dan. Yeah, good stuff. Good to chat. Cheers, Andy.